Welcome all to the Snail Trail 4x4 Podcast. If you like going off-roading in Toyotas, wrenching on Toyotas, camping in Toyotas, maybe even poking a little bit of fun at Toyotas, and of course, hearing about how fantastic Toyotas are down on a dry, deserted lake bed with 69,999 of your favorite friends, then this is the podcast for you. That's right, ladies and germs. My name is... 4x4 Toyota Tyler, not to be confused with Ford Yoda Tyler. For all those people that like to think I'm somebody I'm not for some reason. <laughs> and joining me in this episode of the Snail Trail 4x4 podcast is the one and only Mr. Jeepin' Jimmy. Mr. Jeepin', how are you? I'm doing okay. Just okay? I almost didn't answer. You did. <laughs> but you had a Jeep at the shop the other day. I did. That's the, one of the only we, reasons I we, answered. We covered that on the last episode. Yeah, it is a Jeep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of them are Jeeps. It's as more far Jeep as I know. than my Jeep is. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Brian, if you're listening, I'm going to need to borrow that JK grill <laughs> from you for uh, for uh, a couple of events this year. <laughs> that I'm, I would be curious how that works out for you. Uh, I think it'll be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So, yeah, things are going well. Things uh-huh. are progressing. Um, you know, at this point in time, uh, we are driving down to King of the Hammers. This is actually a live episode. Yes. In case you didn't know, we are uh, recording and posting this on the internet, streaming it live from the truck, the F-150, as we're driving down to King of the Hammers. So this will be an eight-hour episode. Hope you guys are ready for it. Yeah. I'm excited. You're excited? I'm not. Yeah. This is... <laughs> Ooh, did you yeah. see that car? Eh, that was okay. Ooh, we, we saw a Rivian earlier as we were getting started I coming know. through the Bay Area. Yeah, there, that was so. pretty impressive. Yeah. Have you seen those in person yet, actually? No. No. They're smaller than I thought they would be. Oh, are they more of a midsize? It looks like it, yeah. It oh. looks more like the size of a Tacoma kind of thing. Okay. Um, or, uh, or should I say a Nissan Frontier? Why should you say that? Because they look like Tacomas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> got it <laughs> shots fired to nissan um no uh yeah the rivian it was it was smaller than i was anticipating i was thinking it was gonna be like a full-size truck right like a tundra or uh you know a gmc sierra or something like that an f1 f250 f150 um but they're they're smaller. They're like a mid-sized truck. So yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing, uh, when we saw the, the Hummer the, truck. Yeah. The EV Hummer. Yeah. The EV Hummer out in Moab last year. Um, that was a lot bigger than I thought it was. Yeah. That thing was, <laughs> that thing's going to be massive. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, just a, a fun little thing. Um, did you see the new Sequoia? I did. What do you think? I like it. You like it? I tried to convince the assistant for that to be the new family rig. Yeah? How'd that go? Nope. Didn't go good. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Failed. You didn't have to like have me on the other line though while you were explaining it to her. So that's that's good. Well, it wasn't my uh, pass, my hall pass Um, vehicle. Gotcha. This one, you know, she, uh, the assistant drives a CRV. Mm Mm-hmm. Two wheel drive. Two wheel, yeah, the most bare bones CRV. (laughs) I mean, it still has electric windows and locks, but yeah, it's two wheel drive. It's not an all wheel drive. You know, it's very, very basic. And she did her last car payment like a month ago or so, Uh, two months ago or something like that. And so she's loving the non car payment life. And so for me to bring up, like, hey, check this brand new vehicle out that's going to cost like $60,000. Let's get one. Yeah. 
yeah, she, she didn't think that was a good idea. Gotcha. Okay. It is really nice not having car payments. I wouldn't I know. must say, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Tacoma. You got a fancy new Tacoma. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking of fancy new technology, Oh, okay. Uh, one of the guys in uh, the Mad Hatter's Mouth Roading Club, he just got a brand new F two fifty. I think it might have been a three fifty. Mm-hmm. I think it was an F two fifty. Okay, um, but he got a brand new one, right? Just had one made, produced for him off the line. Got it, and one of the first things he posts is a picture of the rear view camera as he's backing up to load out a trailer to hook up a trailer. Okay. And he goes, Oh my God, this new view to back up and hook up a trailer is so nice. I can do it now without having to, you know, uh, think about getting a divorce with my wife anymore. (laughs) Okay. And I was like, I'm looking at, I'm like, am I, am I missing something? Is this, yeah, it's, it's just a backup camera. It's just a backup camera. I'm, I'm so I'm like looking like really closely trying to figure out what I'm missing here. Is there like a, a new uh, indicator alert indicator or yeah. something? There's something going Is on he that running I'm missing. over his wife. Maybe I don't. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. And so I'm like, I don't get it. What am I missing here? Art? This just looks like a back a backup camera. And he goes, he goes, no, yeah, it is a backup camera, but I've never had a backup camera before. And I was like, oh, gotcha. I was like, welcome to 2013 art, right? <laughs> so it was just, it was just funny. It is really nice to have a backup camera when you're hooking up a trailer, though. It is, especially one that has the little white or the black a center mark, center mark, a center exactly. mark. That's all you really need. It doesn't yes. who cared. Different cameras, different mm-hmm. colors, right? But mm-hmm. if it has that center mark, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah. most of them do. Yeah, and my that's why I was like, my 2013 F-150 has that. And I was just like, this looks like the exact same display on my 2013. <laughs> I was really confused for a while. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so, so my my truck, mm-hmm. uh, the Tacoma, doesn't, like when you turn and reverse, mm-hmm. it doesn't tell you where you're turning. Oh, with the camera? Yeah, like okay. the screen doesn't change, rotate, yeah. you know, like, oh, this is how much you turn the wheel. This is what your new we turn We know what your arc is like. going to yeah. look like. Yeah, mine doesn't do that. Does yours? Um, it does, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it has the little lines on it that yeah. will change. I was in an R, um, a RAV4 the other day and it did it, so I don't know yeah. why they didn't put it in the Tacoma. <laughs> and I That's don't think the RAV4, RAV4 yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's newer than my Tacoma. Huh. So interesting. I'm pretty sure my RAV4 had that. It was a 2014. Yeah. 15. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my truck's a 16. So (laughs) interesting. Yeah. I don't, (laughs) I don't know what Toyota was doing. So yeah. And I have the tech package, right? So you would think like, yeah, (laughs) who knows? (laughs) Whatever. It's Um, a truck. It's a truck, man. Yeah. Do you have uh, electronic seats? No. Oh, they just came out in 2021 in the Tacoma. It was funny. I was, Sorry, that I, still cracks me up. I know, right? <laughs> I was uh, listening to the Toyota Untold podcast, and they were talking about how uh, the the chief engineer went to like the head, um, what the the TMC, and I was like, "What's that?" And then I got to think it's the Toyota Motor Corporation. Oh, gotcha. Right? He um, went to the like the uh, the main people, and he said he wanted that they needed to put leather into the to the Tundra. Okay, and the. Toyota Motor Corporation is like, why would commercial fleet vehicles want leather? And he had to convince because in Japan, it's like this yeah. something like that is only ever used for like fleet vehicles. Yeah, it's not used as personal vehicles. You know, gotcha. so he was trying to he had to convince you know the heads of the Toyota that people that, use these for 
Personal these are day, personal daily drivers, Yeah, you know, and some people might want a leather seat in it, yeah. you know? So it's just a whole different, like, I'm, I bet you that's the same exact reason that there was no electric seats, mm-hmm. you know, in the Tacomas for a long time because it's, Probably. you know, these are fleet vehicles. Yeah. That does make sense. Cause I remember somebody saying that, um, uh, TMC Toyota main corp, uh, a bunch of the, the higher ups came out to overland expo. Yeah. At Flagstaff, Arizona one year and were completely floored and blown I away. Told you this. Okay. It was you. Yeah. I was talking to cruiser, uh, Kurt. That's Kurt what Williams, it was. Okay. And he was out. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, the, the, the high ups, the, the were just completely floored as to how people consumers were using Toyota Tacomas. Like they didn't know. No. And I'm like, that's astounding to me that you're running this business that in one of arguably one of your biggest markets, the United States, you don't know what your consumer is doing. Well, that's yeah. just, that's just incredible to me. Like I yeah, don't to some that's extent, crazy. Right? <laughs> I mean, they're building it to be drivable. They're not building it to be like overland rigs. You know, they're just uh-huh. building it for a day to day use truck, mm-hmm. you know, not as that never intended it to be that, but 100%, but that but, means that they're not paying attention to their consumers, right? And that's, yeah. that's the incredible part to me. Yeah. And it sort of falls in line with, you know, what this, this guy was saying, because the Tundra is only primarily made for the United States. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So to know that the Tundra is not just a corporate fleet vehicle, yeah. that it's a civilian daily driver, you know, it's kind of a shock or shocker that it, Mm-hmm. They don't know some of these things, but yeah. it is a different world over there in Japan. For it sure. is definitely. Yeah. Um, man. Okay. Anyway, sorry. I don't, yeah. I don't know where we were at here. I don't <laughs> we got know sidetracked. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey, we can't forget to talk about our patrons and how awesome they are and how much they love Toyotas. Absolutely. All of them. Mm-hmm. None of them, um, hate Toyotas. None no. of them dislike Toyotas at no. all. They all absolutely love Toyotas. Except for one. I know one, for, you know, one. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. They, yeah. The new guy, mm-hmm. the FNG that we don't like to talk about. No, no, definitely not them. Yeah. So thank you guys. Um, 100%. Thank you. Um, the, uh, you know, some of the funds went towards from the patron and, and the, the, the funds that you guys support us with went towards uh, some more recording equipment like the zoom recorder, yep. which is going to really help with, um, getting a bunch of remote interviews while we're down at King of the hammers. So, um, there's another example of your funds going right back to you to make some really cool content for you guys. Um, I did get an interesting comment the other day and I sent it to you. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> which one <laughs> the, we, we were asking, trying to get an interview from somebody and uh, uh, we were told that we should offer to pay them for the interview. Yes. And I was like, I'm sorry. Do you think that we make a, that we make money running a podcast? Right. <laughs> and so I just, I, it really threw me for a loop and I'm like, do people really think that like podcasters make a living doing podcasting? <laughs> Right. Exactly. It totally is not. I was thinking about <laughs> but, this too, yeah. because I mean, <clears throat> here's, here's kind of what I was going to say um, in regards to that is we have, let's just say we have a hundred people on our Patreon account. Okay. Cause we own the Patreon's the only place that we make money from. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say we have a hundred people on it and mm-hmm. they're all signed up for the $20 tier, okay, which so, isn't true. Yeah. It's not right? true. So that means they, we make $2,000 gross revenue, right? Patreon takes like a third. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They take a big chunk. Yeah. And half of what we make is allocated towards the gift box. Yep. 
right? So well, let's let's just not count Patreon. Uh-huh. So that means a thousand dollars is allocated to the gift box. So we have a thousand dollars, and then we split that. So that makes five hundred dollars each mm-hmm. that we make for the uh, for the podcast. Yeah, and then Patreon right. takes. Uh, well, it depends on what tier you're doing, but they take anywhere from 15 to 30%. Yeah. Depending what, how you're set up with right. them. And that's, that's the most, there's people on lower tiers, right? Yeah. So that's like, if everybody was on our most expensive tier, that's what we would be making. Yeah. You know? And so to think that, yeah, to think that we make millions, I think this person just listens to Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss or, you know, um, Dax Shepard or yeah. any of these like people that are like got paid millions of dollars uh-huh. to be on a podcast on a specific side of things, you know, mm-hmm. that, yeah, I don't, I think they just uh, think we're one of those people, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but it's, it's a not cool, true. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, that doesn't, <laughs> and I get, you know, just standing on my soapbox a little longer, that Do does it. not include um, our hosting fees for the website, our hosting fees for all the podcast mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I don't taxes. Know. Well, yeah, yeah. taxes, taxes and, on it and yeah. the percentages taken out. And mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, you know, and if we ever buy stickers or things, you know, whatever else we end up handing out some occasionally, uh, you know, we, we end up buying the giveaway items too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if we don't, I mean, I think I bit, beat the horse enough, but <laughs> I think I would you get be, the, I would be really idea. interesting to see what our hourly wage quote unquote is. <laughs> oh yeah. And I think we're on the soapbox for this because the interview that we had lined up for this episode yeah. was this. <laughs> so we're, we're being very sour here. Yeah. Was we had an interview, a very wonderful interview that we wanted that was going to be for today to, to cap, be the capstone of our KOH month. And, uh, they wanted money from us to do this episode. They didn't necessarily want, but they, we were highly encouraged that we should pay for the interview. Okay. And I was just, yeah. And so it it was going to be a really cool interview, which we're still going to get with somebody. Right. Um, It's just not going to be this person who I thought would have been, it would have been the primo person to get this interview from. Um, So I'm bummed about it. And the other thing I really wanted to point out is that, you know, we, we do this podcast because we have a passion for it, right? There's a lot of really cool stuff in the off-roading industry and a lot of really cool stories and a lot of really cool people. And so for us to be able to um, kind of build connections with those people and pull these really cool stories, yeah, share these stories with share people. these stories with everybody. Um, that's why we're doing this podcast. We're not doing this podcast to make money. Mm. <laughs> we're not, we're not doing it to, for selfish reasons kind of thing. Are we really want stuff to, for, for you guys to know about these really cool stories in the off-road industry. So, um, that was really, it was going to be a really cool story in today's episode yep. and it's going to have to wait till later on and we're going to try and track down another source to yeah. get the story from going to have to wait till mm-hmm. we can find an individual that is willing to share the story. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, we're a little bitter about it and yeah, so that's why we're on tell. our soapbox today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, so anyways, um, how's the ground um, off of your soapbox? Jimmy, is it, is it a little, little stable? The air is a little, a little thin thinner. up here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Um, anyway, so speaking of King of the Hammers, yes. heading down 
and uh, going down um, in lieu of having this really cool story that was going to kind of cap off the month for you guys. We are now going to be talking about um, kind of what we have going on and what we have planned for the week. What are some different ideas for activities? If you're going to King of the Hammers for the first time, um, you know, what to expect if you're going to go camping, what to expect if um, you're just going to come in and out for the day and you've got a hotel nearby or something, um, what to expect out of Hammer Town, quote unquote, versus the camping areas, because I know that's a big confusion for a lot of people going down there first time. They, they're like, oh, I'm going to be camping in Hammer Town. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what the pits are like, what, what the, the starting line's mm, like, what, mm-hmm. how to best kind of view the race course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to try to hit all these topics for you out there today so that um, if you've never gone, that you'll know how um, get a better understanding about what it's like down there. What to expect. And what yeah. to expect, what to bring. And if you're, you know, you're kind of on the fence about going, hopefully this will push you into coming out and uh, coming down for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which is kind of the the big event days um, for being out there. So, yeah, I think that does it good. Shall we uh, jump right on over to the main topic so we can start talking about this good, fun stuff? Yeah, let's do that so I can stop thinking about what I've been thinking about. <laughs> do we need some cool off time? Let's take a break Maybe. so Jimmy can cool off here. I need a beer. <laughs> need a beer. We do have some beer over in the fridge. That was kindly so donated by a listener. Thank you. It houses all of the studio drinks. So, um, yeah. Hang out for a quick second. Go grab your favorite beer. Jimmy is grabbing a Bud Light. I thought for sure he was going to get one of the Yinglings. Um, but uh, we'll be right on back with a chatting about King of the Hammers and some good stories to tell and why you should be going. You can do it. <laughs> is that a childproof beer? Yes. <laughs> <guess> <laughs> it was hard to do with one hand. <laughs> These are cold. These are real. They're really cold to hold. I almost need a koozie. Where's our koozies? Yeah, we've got one on the fridge over there. Sorry. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Forgot we're recording. <laughs> oh, that was good. I'm going to keep that in. I'm not going to edit that out. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I'd, we had, there's a bunch of more flight koozies back in the warehouse somewhere. You give me the snail armor one, a snail trail one. That works. Uh, Jimmy is gone out of the studio. So, uh, yeah, I just want a little clarification like the because <laughs> we can't get off our soapbox <laughs> that that 12 15 hour is like max best case scenario what we're making, but that doesn't include a lot of other stuff. And um, I will I will tell you guys what we get in from patron is maybe half of what you know, we were talking about. So um, yeah, um, we don't do this for pay. We do it because we love doing it and we love running into people out on the trails and we love seeing people down at King of the Hammers. And so that's what this episode is about is running into everybody down at KOH and some fun things that you can do down there and what to expect when you're expecting to go to KOH. So my first thing that I'm going to pack for King of the Hammers here and make sure is in the rig ready to go, Jimmy is going to be two ice chests full of white claws and truly's. Perfect. I won't bring any <laughs> beers though. 
<laughs> and that's going to be fantastic. You know, what's going to be great about that is yeah. The whole rest of the camp won't take any. Exactly. We'll have two <laughs> eyes chests completely to ourselves. Yeah. You know, th- th- <laughs> we haven't talked about this. We haven't, but we, I mean, we're carpooling down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to be, and w- this is the first time that we're going to rent actually a trailer yeah. to stay in. Yep. But, and so it's like, we each have two battery boxes. We mm-hmm. each have two, uh, solar panels and we each have, uh, well, we each have a, a battery box, a solar panel and a fridge, mm-hmm. right? So we, we have two that we mm-hmm. can use. So why mm-hmm. were you bringing ice chests? Sorry, that was what I meant. The fridges. Okay. Not the ice chest. <laughs> yeah. But it, off off the radio, we're going to mm-hmm. have to uh, streamline some of this stuff, I think. <laughs> Maybe, probably. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking we'll take that um, set up and leave one of the fridges in the trailer for trailer drinks and then take another fridge out with us each day. That might not be a bad idea. No, we can keep lunches and drinks yeah. in the other fridge. Yeah, another way out. I was thinking is food and drinks. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's another way. Um, so anyways, yeah, let's talk a little bit about our logistics because, um, okay. I know that I've been talking a lot about getting my new camping trailer all set up and ready. I guess the more flight camping trailer, the event trailer is set up and ready. And I've actually had a lot of people asking if it's going to be ready for KOH. <laughs> And it is not going to be ready for care. I mean, technically it is. I could use it. We, we could use it to sleep in, but, um, but Kermit's not ready, but Kermit is ready now. It has the trailer. I mean, no, Kermit is not ready to tow the trailer. You are right. correct. Yes. Uh, because I didn't want to dig into Kermit and keep, because every time I dig into Kermit, I seem to break something in <laughs> and then I can't do my referee appointments. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know, I just need to stop working on Kermit and fucking with him and just let him get past the referee. So now that he's past the referee, um, we have, let's see, what is day we're recording on Wednesday. So we have three days, four days, four days. Four days. Four days before we leave to go down to Hammers. I'm not going to get the wiring and the trailer plug and everything set up for the trailer. So um, our plan now is we are going to take and tow Kermit on your trailer. Mm-hmm. And we're going to tow him behind the F-150. Correct. And we picked the F-150 rather than Clifford um, because uh, Boone Road is typically usually pretty good. Um, but once you get off of Boone Road, and I know getting up into Hammertown Heights Estates, it can, you know, get into a little bit of loose sand. And so Clifford being two-wheel drive, um, we just don't want to risk it. We think it'd be safer to take the four-wheel drive with F-150. Well, that and the thought process on my end was that you're going to take uh, Kermit and mm-hmm. use him at the show booth yeah. and during the days. Mm-hmm. And then at night or during the days, I if I want to get out, I uh, have yeah. access to using the F-150. Yes. But if I go way out into the desert... Go hang out at Chocolate Thunder. Go <laughs> hang out at the top of Chocolate Thunder. I'm going to need four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. That's the that's, that's what true. I was thinking about four-wheel drive. It's gotcha. not necessarily like I got Clifford into camp last time. That's true. You know, yeah. so, um, but yeah, it's on the off days. That I heard I you, might go. you had to have a Jeep get you out of camp though. I did need a Jeep to help me get out of, <laughs> and an, another F-250. <laughs> I think, nice. uh, yeah, it, that was a bad scenario. Yeah. <laughs> But that was because the batteries were. As dead. I said, that wasn't a two-wheel drive problem. No, it wasn't. 
The batteries were, I roasted the batteries or wore the batteries out trying to start the truck because the little solenoid that runs the glow plugs is, wasn't working very well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Clifford didn't want to start and I know wheeling wine and whiskey made a little bit of fun at me for that. (laughs) But, um, yeah, this year Cliff, I put a new solo when, when I was stuck in Utah, Mm -hmm. uh, and the guys were, waiting on parts to come in. I had them replace that solenoid nice. part that um, yeah. runs the glow plugs. And when I got stuck out at uh, camping um, mm-hmm. and I had to get jumped to get Clifford home, I ended up buying two more batteries after that. So it Clifford <laughs> should, should be, be good, to, should go, be good yeah. to go and yeah. starts great. I mean, lately the weather's been cold. Like this morning it was in the low thirties when we got up. Was mid it low thirties up in there? Yeah, it, it was, was, it was mid to high thirties when I got up down in the, near the river. So it was all everywhere was frozen and frosted when I, when we got out of bed. That's true. And Kermit's so, windshield was frozen. Yeah. And so, yeah. and Clifford started right up. Nice. So, once you uh, turn the key and wait for the wait, <laughs> wait to, start to start light <laughs> to turn off. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, so yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be taking and towing Kermit behind the F-150. And uh, so what are we doing for sleeping arrangements for shelter? Jimmy, are we taking a, a gazelle T3 and cuddling or what's going on here? Well, uh, you should probably talk a little bit more on this, but uh, <laughs> you did the research and you found us a trailer. We're going to be I renting did. a trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, to camp with and um there's a lot of different uh sites out there actually that will lo- you can rent a trailer and probably rent from companies or rent from individuals so mm-hmm. why don't you talk a little bit about that yeah so uh we got the idea from austin over at irate four by four um he i think i don't remember if we reached out or he just reached out to we us we reached out was, to him yeah and so he was like no just to totally get a trailer. They'll deliver it to the lake bed. There's people that'll do it. And I was like, well, what? Yeah. We can have just a trailer delivered and have it be there. That is amazing. Um, so we started tracking that down and uh, there's a few apps that I was looking through. One was called RV share and the other one was called outdoorsy um, with a Y on the end instead of an IE. And so uh, both of those, they function very much like Turo. If anybody's familiar with Turo, it's a vehicle sharing app where you can put up your vehicle on Turo when on days you're not using it and people can pay you 50 bucks a day, 60 bucks a day, um, 500 bucks a day. If you have a Ferrari or whatever the price you set for it and people can rent your car for a day. Oh, interesting. And the organization that you're signed up with, uh, Turo RV share outdoorsy or whatever provides the insurance coverage for that vehicle for that rental. It's usually about a million dollar umbrella policy. Wow per thing. So um, part of your fees uh, that you pay in using these apps and these these services goes towards paying for the insurance on everything. So um, yeah, I started looking through there and uh, found um, a really cool guy and he lives in a San, over near San Bernardino and he's like, yeah, no problem. I'll deliver the trailer for you guys. And uh, even, you know, and I was like, okay, cool. Now are you going to be like delivering it out onto the lake bed? Or are you going to deliver it to like Boone Road and then we have to get it out into the lake bed? And he said, no, he goes, I've done this before. King of the Hammers is a big event. Usually every year my trailer gets rented out for King of the Hammers. So I will go out onto the lake bed, take it out there and set it all up for you. That way I know it's set up right. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it's and that way you guys know it's all set up right. You don't have to guess as to what needs to be done for anything. Um, and so he's really, really cool about it all. Um, 
And that's the route we're going to go. And I think it's going to, he's giving us a screaming deal on it. Um, but it's going to be very, very manageable. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think that, you know, there are good deals all over the place with these things yeah. and to, you know, it's actually, especially cause we're sharing the trailer as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And it sleeps five. If you want to like break down the, um, the table, the table and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, but so, but it's only gonna be Tyler and I in the trailer, but it comes like, I call rent, top bunk. that's fine. <laughs> um, renting this trailer uh-huh. is cheaper vastly cheaper than renting a hotel room. Oh, by far. Right. And (laughs) you know, it's, you know, yeah, it's, you could look at it maybe as should I rent a trailer or buy a rooftop tent? Mm-hmm. You know, because maybe you'd have the rooftop tent for longer, but it's sure going to be nice to be in a trailer mm-hmm. down at King of the Hammers. And why no matter that? what weather happens, yes. uh-huh. we're going to be in a, a hard shelled yeah. uh, sleeping quarters instead of, you know, in a soft shell. Yeah. So, so what? here, so for the first person, for the person coming down to King of Hammers for the first time ever, why, why is it that you want to look for a hard shelled shelter? Yeah. Out at the lake bed. So the weather on the lake bed down in Johnson Valley, California is, uh, can change on an instant, right? Yeah. It can, it can be sunny and then all of a sudden start raining. It can be, uh, you know, extremely cold freezing overnight and then be like 60 degrees during the day. Yeah. It can be snowing in the morning when you wake up and when the race starts, Mm-hmm. And then it can be 80, 85 degrees by the middle of the afternoon. You're right. like, what the hell just yeah. happened here? <laughs> and then the one factor that we haven't mentioned is it you can and often is extremely, extremely windy. Yes. And so mm-hmm. like am I, I've used a rooftop tent the last few years that I've gone. It has worked fine, um, but every year sand and silt makes it through the closed tent uh-huh. and through the mesh that yeah. is on the windows that is small enough to keep out mosquitoes, yeah. but still stuff gets through uh-huh. and it's not from me climbing in and out. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it just is able, it's so small and mm-hmm. it's so fine. It can get through some of that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, a rooftop tent can work. Mm-hmm. Ground tents are like iffy. That's what I told my friends. Yeah. Um, but you can, but having a trailer or something that's hard shelled is really nice. Yes, it is. My big thing, because the first year I went down to hammers, I went with, uh, GX Ryan. Okay. And, uh, we took, um, his Taj Mahal tent. Got it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a, it was a, it's a big tent rated for Arctic weather kind of thing. So like once we put down all the, the tie downs for the rain fly and staked everything down, it wasn't really moving, but at the same, and there was room in the center is kind of like a, a football shaped kind of thing. Right. So okay. in the center, it was pretty much big enough to stand up in, but as you got down to the sides where we set up a bed on one end and another bed on the other end, um, there's not really room to stand up. Right. And so, um, it was, it did just fine. We also had it in between two RVs. So it was strategically placed, but still there was just when the wind kicks up, there's no reprieve from wind in a tent. Yeah. You're always going to have some impact of the wind, whether the wind is just blowing the rain fly around, making a shit ton of noise. Um, and if you don't have a tent you can stand up in, then really you're not going to spend a lot of time in your tent. So you don't get any shelter from the wind down there. Right. And so, um, tents, they can be done 
but have a backup plan for you to get some reprieve from the wind or you're going to drive yourself nuts. Right. The while you're down. Yeah, absolutely. I had a, uh, two years ago, I think, or three years ago, I think it was three years ago. Um, I had a friend bring his like, you know, childhood dome tent out, (laughs) Uh you know, and threw it between my truck and like two RVs in this like pocket. Mm -hmm. And all he did was throw his bags inside and go, that'll keep it down. It, that didn't do it. <laughs> it didn't, and that, he woke flying. When I woke up and I looked out of my the tent, his whole tent was collapsed on top of him, <laughs> and he was still sleeping. Which I don't. The guy can sleep through almost anything. But yeah, the next day I said, "Man, you want to share my rooftop tent?" Like, uh-huh. <laughs> we went to college together. We're good, you know. Like, yeah. you can cuddle next to me. It's no big deal. Yeah, you know. And he's like. Oh, I've never slept in a rooftop tent. Like that'll be pretty cool. Let's do it. Uh-huh. You know, and he got up there and he, he came out the next morning. He's like, that's the best sleep I've had in like five years. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. you know, cause he got well, one, he wasn't being flapped around in the wind all night mm-hmm. and he probably slept like crud the night before, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, rooftop tents are comfortable, but it's still, I think that they're, they're the, like my baseline of what you should have out at King of the Hammers. Yeah. I think rooftop tents are fine to sleep in, but like, you're not going to go up and hang out in a rooftop tent no. during the day. No. And so like, as long as you have some plan for hanging out during the day, that's the important part in my opinion. Like go take a rooftop tent if you want to mm-hmm. 100%. It's going to work great at nighttime while you're sleeping, mm-hmm. but you need some sort of reprieve during the day. In my right. opinion, I so. agree. I agree. And our camp is fortunate that we do have a big area to hang out in, Mm -hmm. you know, like our friends bring down like two carports and leash them (laughs) together and tether them down to the ground so that you can walk into this thing, which is partly the kitchen and partly a seating area so that you can get out of the wind or get out of the weather or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, you know, and that's why it worked good for me the last few years is because I hang out there all Mm -hmm. night long or around the fire, Mm -hmm. you know, and then it's like, Oh, time for bed. Okay. I'll call up into the rooftop tent and go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really, so when I go to King of the Hammers, I don't really ever plan on hanging out in a tent or, a, yeah. or an RV or a, you know, trailer or anything that long, mm-hmm. you know, I just use it as sleeping, Yeah, you know, and this year might be a little different because, you know, we have more amenities than I've ever had before going out <laughs> yeah. to the lake bed. <laughs> Uh, being that we could actually run a heater. We could actually do cooking inside. We can actually, um, you know, if we have Wi-Fi, we could do stream TV and stuff on the inside, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a bathroom and a shower in there, right? So yeah. it's, you know, like, yeah, I might be hanging out there in a little bit more, but I still don't foresee myself being like, oh, I'm going to live in the trailer. And then when I want to go watch the race, I'm going to leave. Yeah. You know, it's, it's still primarily a sleeping quarters for us. Yeah. Or me. Yeah, I agree. So having the trailer there, um, and, and renting one at a really, really good price um, is something that, you know, we'll wait and see how it goes till afterwards. But as of right now, I'm like, that's the way to go. If you don't have a Lance and you're not, you don't have the, um, the Chris money to have a tow rig and a trailer and a Lance for to haul your crawler as well. Um, renting a trailer and having it delivered so far, I'm like, man, yeah, that's the way to go. <laughs> well, yeah. And especially cause think about the person that might be driving up from like Chicago Yeah, and they're like, I'm going to cruise out there in my Honda civic, mm-hmm. you know, and then the gas I can, savings I can, alone would pay for it. Right. <laughs> like and then I can rent there. a trailer. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool deal. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I want to back up a little bit. Okay. And I want to back up to Boone Road. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I want to talk about driving in on Boone Road. Okay. Um, 
so this that you know when you're cruising in uh boone roads fairly it'll be very obvious once you pull off where you pull off the highway Mm -hmm. there's signs and for the most part if you're cruising in on a thursday there's gonna be traffic going in and out of that place yes um the road usually is fairly graded Mm -hmm. and it's um it's not bad and there are little roads off to the side if you want to go and play and you're Mm -hmm. in like a fun little bunch of whoops and stuff there yeah um and eventually it kind of does this big like sort of s turny thing and then you end up at the gate mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then usually um i don't know how it is going to be this year but last year you had to stop and do the covid test or prove mm-hmm. this year i don't think they're doing anything of that sort it doesn't sound like there's any covid protocol this year at all um and so you're probably you still we i, I think, think just we, wear mask indoors wear a mask indoors so, yeah um and so, there's not a whole lot of indoor space out there no, there's so. not <laughs> yeah um yeah beside the media tent or some other i'm usually wearing a mask down there anyways right i was gonna (laughs) go there yeah wearing (laughs) yeah don't take a balacava or like some sort of uh uh, you know something gator or you know a bandana or something you're gonna want it regardless don't Mm -hmm. think of it as like a covid thing think of it as like it's dusty and windy and you're gonna want to wear that yeah um anyway so when you get to the gate you're going to either hop out of your rig to go in and pay, or you might be able to prove that you paid with um, the barcode or QR code that they give you mm-hmm. when, if you pre-bought tickets. Mm-hmm. Then you continue on, and by that point, it's pretty much hotel, RV, central. Yes. Right? And you're going to want to find, a lot of times, if you don't have a spot to camp, you just go wherever you want, and you can yep. go and camp. It's an open spot. But yep. if you're, you know, like we're staying with a specific group, so there's no cell phone reception out there mm-hmm. for the most part. Very, very minimal. Plus, you've got like everybody competing for one cell phone tower. Yep. So get GPS coordinates of where you're going to be camping with your friends beforehand. Yes. So that you can type that into your phone or you, into some sort of GPS or something so that you know where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even then, when you are have never been down there before, even if you have GPS coordinates, it's hard to figure out how to get around because like you said, it's open seating. Essentially it's open camping. Yeah. You just pick a spot. So like there's not designated roadways or, or there's a few there's a there's I mean, there's the main one. Yeah, but then like off yeah. of the main one, that's not really too designated. It's just kind of people no. set up their camps and a roadway gets created kind of <laughs> because yeah. they're setting up their campments on either side and they're being nice enough to leave a little space there for a roadway. Um, but like BLM doesn't go and like mark out. No. Hey, keep this space clear because we need it for people to drive through for the most right. part. So what would be funny is to mm-hmm. have the big ass RV and just park it in the middle of Boone Road. <laughs> Boone Road's different, but yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah. I mean, even with GPS coordinates, it could be hard to find people. So plan on having some sort of radio communications and reaching out to your group when you get down there and have somebody come out and meet you at the gate. That yeah. is by far the easiest way because... Oh, yeah. I had GPS coordinates the first year and I got, I ended up over at back door <laughs> trying to figure out how to get to our GPS coordinate spot yeah. before I was finally like, okay, I can't figure it out. I'm standing right here. Somebody come find me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, last year when I met Jason and Chris, I literally drove almost 360 degrees around their campsite looking for them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they were in like their rigs were in the middle of a yeah. caravan of other things. Yeah. And so I was looking for them and I was in the right spot. You know, I was within 
you know, a few hundred feet of where that marker is, yeah. but I couldn't find their specific rig. So yeah. I do, that's wise advice. Have somebody come out to the gate and meet you. Mm-hmm. Let them know what time you're going to be there. Have them meet you. You know, that is the, by far the easiest way to find camp and yep. find your friends. 100%. So, so, um, and especially if you're coming in on like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's going to be a zoo. Yes. <laughs> so um, they're they're expecting to hit 60 to 70,000 people in that lake bed this year at the height of it, the peak of it. So um, just plan ahead for where you're going to meet up with people um, before you get down there. So um, that would be the first thing. Um, what's next after coming down Boone Road and setting up your camp and getting there and getting yeah. the lay of the land? Well, I would say, yeah, I mean, depending on what time you're going to get there, probably setting up kitchen or setting up camp, Mm -hmm. you know, something along those lines. Um, And then I would, and also depending on what time you get there, uh, putting on appropriate clothing. Yeah. I would say is probably one of the, you know, by far the next thing you're going to do. Do we want to run down that list now? I mean, yeah, I might as well. I mean, clothing is... Uh, the Pandora's box, right? Because you yeah. don't know what the weather's going to be. And it's, you're going to get all four seasons during this one week event <laughs> in, yeah. on the lake bed. So um, you kind of have to pack everything. Kind of. Uh, and or you should. You should. A little <laughs> really bit of should. everything. Yeah. Um, uh, my biggest things that I... I have learned you, if you're coming down, you prioritize These are the first things you're packing in your bag are goggles. Like don't bring glasses. Don't don't count on sunglasses. Bring ski goggles yeah. that fully wrap around your eyes. Um, so goggles and a mask of some sort. After that, sun protection. So a hat of some kind or um, a beanie if, for if you're planning on it being cold weather the whole time. So like hats and beanies are great. Um, that's that's like the main part. Then everything else, you just kind of need a little bit of everything because it's going to be hot. It's going to be cold. It's going to be, it may be wet. Um, it may be super dry. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to get a little bit of everything. So pack in layers. Yeah. The worst is when it's wet. Because yes. when it's wet, it's muddy. Yeah. And then, you know, so <laughs> you've bad. got to fit, you know, you should have boots with you. Yeah, over tennis shoes. Yeah. You know, tennis shoes are fine on dry day, dry days, but if you're going to go hiking out in chocolate thunder or a back door or playing out in somewhere in the middle of the night, you're going to want to wear boots to primarily for the ankle support. Um, you know, you are in the middle of the desert, so it's going to be cold and the, you know, boots will help keep your feet warm longer too. Yeah. Don't bring Crocs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so unless they're the pink ones. Yeah, unless they have the four wheel drive, your your four by four that you can lock in. So yeah, definitely. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and in regards to clothing, I would say uh, I I'm a huge fan of layering, layers, layers, layers. Right, Um, especially you know wear some long johns during the morning and you know pull those off when things start to warm up and Mm -hmm. throw some, you know, some pants and shorts and you know you know, multiple layers on the top. And so like in the middle of the day, you could shed your pants and shit mm-hmm. or, you know, wear Tyler's pants where you zip them off, mm-hmm. you know, or, and then shed a jacket and shed your sweater and shed, you know, a long sleeve mm-hmm. shirt and then just down to a t-shirt or something, you know, uh, layers are king out there because it does change so much and mm-hmm. so fast that you're going to want, you know, to be able to put more layers on or take, take those layers off. Yeah. There was a uh, one day, um, last time I was down there two years ago, 2019 it was 2020 so um january 2020 um i started off in like a snowmobile outfit in the morning 
I had on a snow balaclava, a beanie, my snow goggles. I had on my snow jacket, my snow pants with like um, sweats underneath everything, a sweater, a long sleeve t-shirt and a short sleeve t-shirt and wool socks like ski socks and boots. And then by the afternoon I was in shorts, um, regular socks, uh, sneakers. No, I stole my boots on um, a t-shirt and a hat and sunglasses. And then by the evening time, the nighttime again, um, I was back in a snow, <laughs> a snow gap. Yeah. So it's like you're, you're just, it's going to be a huge range of weathers. Count on that and bring a little bit of everything. I agree. Um, I do agree. Yeah. Um, also a bonus item here is sunscreen. Um, yeah. you know, if you're going to be, uh, you know, hanging outside, watching vehicles drive by all day long, you know, like it might be cold, but it's still sunny. Most yeah. of the time, the sun is gets deceptive down there too. Yeah. yeah. And so you will get fried. Um, and I know that, uh, um, our friend Amber Turner suggested, um, chapstick as well. Chapstick's another good one. Um, yeah, especially if you're going to be like two to three days down there. Um, your lips just can't withstand that much no. dryness. They're, they're not set for it. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> I wonder if a humidifier might be good to bring. Oh, that'd be interesting. I never yeah. thought about that. Neither have I. I just did. Huh? So, um, so yeah, that's a, a clothing side of stuff. Uh, what about food, drink, sustenance stuff? Yeah. Um, depending on, I think, you know, I'm, we're, I'll blanket over this one because, it, you know, if you're considering going to King of the Hammers, you've probably been out camping before, mm-hmm. you know, and, and multiple nights long. So just be, a, you know, bring enough food and drinks to, you know, survive however many days you're going to be going out there. Um, you know, warm foods are always nice in the morning because it's cold outside and mm-hmm. warm foods nice in the afternoon because it's cold outside. <laughs> yeah. Um, lunches, <laughs> a lot of times I would say pack very light and pack maybe pack it, right? So because a lot of times you're going to leave camp and you're going to go to Hammertown or down into the pits or out onto the lake bed watching the race, and you're not going to want to come home or back to camp yeah, for lunch. So, you know, make it light, make it easy, make a few sandwiches or PB&Hs or whatever, and take them with you mm-hmm. because you're you're not going to want to, you know, spend the time to come back, you know, bring granola bars and, you know, some simple things that you don't have to worry about coming back to camp that you can mm-hmm. have it on mobile. Now, liquids. Um, I mean, everybody's drinking beer, everybody's drinking whiskey, wine, whatever is around the fire, but you got to bring water. You have to bring enough water, you know, for you. I don't know what the golden rule of water is a gallon a day or something like that. That's what I plan on. Yeah. Yeah. I usually have leftover, but I plan on a gallon per day per person. Right. You know, and, and yeah, it doesn't, if you have leftover water, then that's fine. But if you run out of water, that sucks big time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, yeah, if you're going to drink beers or drink other alcohol, you know, just bring that as well and, mm-hmm. you know, plan accordingly, but highly suggest bringing some water. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to bring some sort of powdered liquid or powder, mm. uh, flavorings of mm-hmm. some sort. Um, you know, whether it's powdered Pedialyte because you drank too much of the night before or powdered mm-hmm. Gatorades because you just need some hydration throughout the day mm-hmm. or some powdered iced teas just to get some flavor inside of that water, mm-hmm. you know, cause a lot of times like I like water, but I like flavors too. So, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, it just mixes it up and you stay hydrated a little bit better. Yeah. Another uh, thing I like to do is bring a camel pack. Um, so that it's on my back while I'm hiking around. Mm -hmm. I don't have to reach in the bag to grab a bottle out. Um, if you have a camel pack, you know, you just filled that up during the day and you got a few liters of water right there Mm -hmm. while they're carrying it around it with you. So, and it's, they're usually, you know, 
fairly easy to drink out of. Yeah, that was one I had not planned on, but I'm adding to my checklist right now. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Bring my camel back. So, yeah. yeah. Um, something I like to do on long road trips too is I put the camel pack on the seat. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I'll fill it up and put the camel back on the Mm -hmm. seat. And then instead of reaching over to grab a water bottle, I can just grab the hose and drink out of the hose and continue, you know, drive on. Nice. Um, yeah, definitely food sustenance. I like to pack, um, deli sandwiches from Safeway. So Safeway makes these made ready to go deli sandwiches that are three bucks a piece or something like that. And so I'll just grab like 10 to 12 of those. Holy cow. <laughs> and, um, and then I'll grab a bottle of mayo and a bottle of mustard. And that those are my lunches. Okay. I'm usually not a big breakfast eater. So yeah, neither I'm, am I. I may have a couple snacks here and there or something, but usually as long as I have coffee in the morning, I'm good. So, um, our trailer, I believe, I think our trailer has a Keurig machine in it. Ooh. So I need to confirm that and we'll might have to get some K cups, yeah. but um, if not, we have access to a generator so we can bring, <laughs> bring a <Yeah>. Keurig. <laughs> yeah. Or just a coffee pot. If yeah. we want to be like, and I, do, I like those uh, cold, those concentrated uh, cold brews. Those have been good. I've been using those. What I've been doing is uh, taking uh, Safeway has them in a big carton. Okay. And so one carton will last me about, five mornings, five coffees. But what I'll do is I'll drink, you know, a third, a third of quarter of a water bottle, 16.9 ounce of water, and then fill that up with the concentrated coffee. Yeah. And there you go. You've got your coffee in a water well, you, bottle. So you drink go. it down to eight ounces. I drink and it, then I, you add your I drink it down to about 11 to 12 ounces. Okay. But yeah. 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 <clears throat> oh, cause they're 16. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Either that or I'll use the, the top three to four ounces for like brushing my teeth or something. Right. And then I'll throw the coffee in and go. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that we should also really hit on is, uh, if you're going down by yourself and you don't have anybody that you don't know anybody else out there, yeah, everybody around you is going to be friendly and invite you in. They will 100%. Right. Yes. You know, and maybe bring <laughs> wood uh-huh. and make friends with one of your neighbors and say, Hey, I don't like, I brought a bunch of wood, but you know, like, can I just uh-huh. contribute it to your guys's fire? Yeah. You know, that's a good way. You will become friends very quickly if you bring extra firewood down mm-hmm. with you, <laughs> you know? And mm-hmm. so you like, you might be going solo and you might just be hanging out by yourself, but everybody around you is going to be friendly and nice and mm-hmm. they might party harder than you or might not party as hard as <laughs> you, you know, yeah. but, um, you know, there we're all out there for the same exact reason and we're all out there to have a good time. So, yeah. Um, another, another thing don't plan on, getting a quiet night's sleep. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if you it never happens, yes, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, uh, partying and, and everything stops. Fireworks stop getting launched off around 3 a.m. Yes. And then race cars start up at 5 a.m. So you've got maybe two hours. If you need a quiet place to sleep, you're not going to get it down there. So no. make sure you're bringing earplugs or um, Rufalin to put yourself out or something. <laughs> yeah, which is another pro for having some sort of hard sided uh, sleeping area, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. I'm not, I'm actually curious because I don't usually sleep with earplugs in, but I do have a hard time going to sleep if there's a lot of banging and noises mm-hmm. and fireworks going off, mm-hmm. you know, which was I went every time I've been in the rooftop tent. So I'm curious if it the a trailer is going to be that much quieter. So it'll that, be, it'll be a little quieter for sure. Um, it's not going to be any warmer though. <laughs> it still gets freaking cold in whatever you have out there. Um, so that comes the next thing is, uh, when you are trying to sleep, um, pr- prepare and bring very warm bedding. 
Yes. Um, if you have zero degree sleeping bags, bring those. Don't bring the 30 degree sleeping bags. Yeah. Bring the coldest degree sleeping bag you own. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, and if it's over 30 degrees, I would highly suggest investing in a new sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know, if you just bring a bunch of wool blankets or blankets or, you know, down blankets, mm-hmm. you know, just bring a bunch of, you know, really good warm bedding. Uh, because like we said, it does get very cold at night mm-hmm. and you're going to want to have a warm space to cuddle up. I'm bringing my electric blanket again. So. I've, yeah, I'm, I might be <laughs> also. It's amazing. So yeah, uh, yeah um, nighttime is loud and it's cold. So prepare for those if mm-hmm. you're coming down for sure. Um, let's see. What about uh, going around during the day? What are some things that we can do during the day? Yeah. Some activities so that people don't get bored. What are they, what can people look forward to during the day while they're down there? My probably number one suggestion is to go walk around Hammertown. Okay. So let's describe Hammertown real quick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the lay of the land, because I think we alluded to it earlier. Hammertown, Hammertown is completely separate from the camping area. Yeah. It's fenced off mm-hmm. separate. Um, from the the camping area. Mm-hmm. It's its own little thing. And in a way it's really the only thing that you uh um controlled environment yeah they only semi-controlled environment down there Mm -hmm. like if you when you get to the gate you know you have like they suggest that you pay for camping and they suggest your entry fee into the area but the entry fee really into the area is for hammertown yes the the wristband you get is really to get into hammertown right yeah and uh, I'm just, let me just do a little side tangent here. I highly suggest that you pay for going into Hammertown and I suggest that you pay for, I think it's $5 more to get, um, like the pit access or something pass. like that, mm-hmm. the pit pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not quite sure how that all works on the, the funding side of things, but, um, make sure that you can go into the pits cause that's way worth it. I think general admission plus a pit pass comes to a grand total, like 55 bucks. Yeah. No matter how many days you're there. Right. It's so, and then camping's a little bit on top of that. And, and, um, I think we've talked about it in the past, but please pay, pay for the camping. Yeah. Pay for the camping, (laughs) pay for the, you know, hammer town. Yes. You know, yeah, you can drive around into the desert and find your way over to your camp, you know, your friends at camp and you know, yeah, you don't ever technically need to pay, but all that money goes to support this event and what we enjoy going out there for, mm-hmm. you know, and it also, I mean, a lot of that money the to pay for the campaign goes to BLM. It doesn't go to hammer King or ultra four or King of the yeah. hammers or Dave Cole. It doesn't go into his pocket. It goes to BLM. And so what that money does is they then use that money year round to keep Johnson Valley open for OHV access yeah. year round, not just for this event. Correct. So please, pay your camping fees. It is super cheap. It's cheaper than going by far to a KOA campground. Oh yeah. And it's cheaper than going to a state campground. It's, uh, it's how much is it? 25 bucks. I want to say it's like 15 or 20 bucks, right? Yeah. Somewhere in there. So a grand total you're in for like $75 maybe yeah. for a whole week for of the, entertainment. For as long as you want to be down there <laughs> Yeah. when, and there's so much stuff going on mm-hmm. that, you know, that the, your bang for the buck is, you know, unreal. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm 100% in with that. And I really, I know it's been alluded to on Wheeling Wine and Whiskey, but I really like the way Cody Wagner put it. If you can't afford the camping down there, you shouldn't be down there. You should be working. <laughs> so yeah. just saying <laughs> oh, I love it Cody. needed to be said. And I'm glad Cody is the guy that's like, 
I'll say, say shit that needs to get said. Yeah, <laughs> true that. Um, so anyways, so Hammertown yes. is Hammertown. separated by a fence. You, you know that you have to have a wrist pass to go into Hammertown. Yep. And it, uh, the mass majority of Hammertown is probably a vendor area. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, are also a ton of bathrooms mm-hmm. down there. Um, mm-hmm. If you are ca- tent camping and you don't have a bathroom spot, you know, you can use that area. There's and they get cleaned frequently every day, sometimes twice a day. Yes, yeah. a lot of times. Well, during the busy days, probably twice a day mm-hmm. for sure. And there's also food down there. Um, I don't, I'm assuming this year because there's going to be a bar um, or a <laughs> yeah. pub. I'm assuming right. it's in Hammertown, but um, nope. it sounded like it's outside of Hammertown. It's over by the gate. Oh, it's over by yeah. the gate. Yep. Oh, interesting. So it's going to be up by the gate. They're going to have shuttles you know, from ha- Hammertown to the pub at the gate. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the shuttle pickup is right outside, I think, gate two. Oh, that kind. No, wait, what? The shuttle's outside of gate two? The shuttle pickup. Yeah. Is outside so you of get gate picked two. up outside of gate okay. two and then you, they get shuttled to the pub. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And it goes from noon to 8 p.m. Yeah. So yeah, that I mean, I'm definitely going to go to the pub to have a beer to just, to I'm definitely going to check it out. I want to see out. what a pop-up pub in the middle of a lake bed, right up lake bed desert looks like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. And then, uh, for us, the media tents in that area mm-hmm. also, so we can, uh, go up there and use the internet, yep, which is going to vol- be the, the volunteer tent is there. That's true. Um, right. This main stage with the main jumbotron is yeah, there. Huge fire pit, big fire pit. Yeah. Um, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. There's all, all kinds of vendors mm-hmm. and then, the starting line is just in that area. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you go around the starting line or farther into the, the desert um, floor um, is where pit row is. Yep. And pit row is just a bunch of uh, racers get pits and mm-hmm. um, place like tents to put in, put their vehicles in and work on their vehicles and mm-hmm. do maintenance or repairs or whatever needs to happen. Yep. And they're usually, I mean, we talk about this in ultra four all the time, but race teams and racers love having people come by and talk about their race cars yeah, and get to talk about their race cars. So if you have access to that and you you're in general mission, have pit pass, go on down to pit row and talk to the race teams. Yeah. Go see your friends. Go see the people that you want to watch and race with, you know, Um, they love it. That's one of the really unique things about ultra four that you don't get anywhere else. Like NASCAR um, pit row is all completely locked off and you have to buy like super expensive VIP tickets to get down there. This is an, I think an ex, like we said like five, five bucks. bucks to get in there and you get to go see and talk to all the guys and they're super down to earth and they love chatting with people about their oh, race yeah. cars. So definitely go down and see them. Um, but yeah, Hammertown has three gates. Correct. Um, so it's a four sided block essentially with a ton of chain linked fence that fences it all in and there's a guard at every gate. Um, multiple guards, multiple guards during the busy times for sure. Um, 24 seven and the guards are some of the most chill down to earth people as well. They're all volunteers. Yeah. So, um, so just, you know, don't be a dick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, somebody's giving you a hard time. I know that people are like I, I have my band. It's underneath my sweater. You yeah. know, like that dude, the guy's volunteering. <laughs> yeah. You know, like don't be a jerk to him just yeah. to, because you have to show your band, be like jovial and pull it out, you know, yeah. early and walk through. Yep. Show them every time. Um, and so, yeah, three gates. Um, and, but yeah, it's a, it's separate. That's kind of the only really controlled area. Everything outside of the fence is technically up to BLM to control and BLM does have park rangers 
that hang out there and kind of patrol around the area and make sure that um, nothing is getting too far out of hand or if something does get really far out of hand, they can respond very quickly to it. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's kind of the layout of the land. There's uh, I know that um, Polaris uh, does uh, side by side trips so you can get in and do uh, uh, essentially get to drive a side by side from Polaris as like a demo, a demonstration run. That's cool. Okay. And they'll take you on a trip out into the desert, that little valley area between backdoor and chocolate thunder. Um, and they'll let you drive the UTV for 20, 30 minutes cool. and then come back mm-hmm. and then they start the next run of people. So um, there's that you can do if you're interested in looking at UTVs and um, Polaris is out there doing that. I don't know if Can-Am does that as well. I know Polaris is doing it last time. Can-Am very well might as well. So nice. Uh, there's tons and tons of trails. Yes. And it's very easy to get lost yes, it out is. there, especially right. if you aren't familiar with the area. Mm-hmm. So I would highly suggest any whatever like app or tracking software you use, mm-hmm. use it. Yes. 100%. <laughs> you know, just track yourself all day long, driving around, mm-hmm. doing whatever so that you know how to get back. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you can follow your own tracks backwards. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have driven out to like remote pit two a, and then on my way back going like, Oh gosh, where, which <laughs> do I, I think I need to drive around that mountain. Yeah. Where do I need to go? And yeah. you know, I, I found my way back, but it would, if I would have had, um, you know, some sort of tracking software going, I would have been mm-hmm. able to mo- go a more direct route for sure. Yeah. There's definitely like main byways that, that a lot of people use to get around out there, especially around the main congregation area of Hammertown. Yeah. Um, but there's no, designated routes. There's no designated roads really or anything. So people are flying through that desert, especially the UTVs um, at very high speeds. Yes. So be very alert as you're you're yeah. traveling around out there. What's going on? Yeah, around don't you? have tunnel vision out there because yeah. somebody's going to be coming at an angle at you for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, let's see what uh, what are some of the well, in regards to trails. Okay. As long as the mm-hmm. race is not happening and they've closed mm-hmm. the race course down, mm-hmm. you can hit almost a, or uh, you can hit any trail out there. Yep. Absolutely. So once the race course is closed, you're free to go wherever you want. Yep. Um, and you can go drive up backdoor. You can go drive up chocolate thunder. You can go over to Turkey claw. Um, Turkey claw is going to be interesting this year cause mm-hmm. it's actually on the race course. And yeah. I know a lot of people camp out in that area. So just be careful of that. Um, yep. but you know, I would, one of the things you can do during the day, as long as a race isn't going on, go off roading, go yeah. play, go exploring. Yep. You know, there's a lot of land out there and there's a lot of fun trails. Go and, have there's, fun. and there's trails from pretty mild to, four steer buggies are can't get up them yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. So like there's, there's a lot of different difficulty in trails. Go explore. Yeah. Go have absolutely. a good time. Um, I will recommend one trail that I think everybody should do at least one time in okay. their king of the hammers life is to go to the top of Fisher mountain. Okay. At nighttime. Oh really? Yeah. Because you get to look over the lake bed and Hammertown and all the camping that's going on and you get a fireworks show. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's just really cool being up on top of Fisher at nighttime, just watching all the fireworks going around around the whole camping area. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so that would be my recommendation of stuff to deal. Um, yeah, go see all the vendors, go see the, the pit rows. Um, go check out the jumbotrons. They are going to have jumbotrons, 
uh, one in main camp. So one in Hammertown, they're going to have one out at chocolate thunder and they have one out at back door. Oh wow. Okay. I don't know if they're going to be setting up any others anywhere else. Um, but those three are definitely, they're usually there each year. And, um, the live feed from the drone, the drone footage has been getting phenomenal. Oh, They've yeah. been doing some really cool stuff with that. So sometimes just sitting at the jumbotron, you get the best view in the house. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so for sure. Yeah. Check those out for sure. I would also suggest people to go out at night, uh, out to chocolate thunder or a back door yeah. and just, observe the shenanigans that go on. <laughs> yeah. That's all I think I need to say about that. Yeah. And depending out of back door, at least, um, depending how much personal risk you want to put yourself in, you can sit down in the Canyon or be up in the Hills. Yeah. Same with chocolate so, thunder. Th- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can, yeah, depending on how close you want to get to the shenanigans, you can yeah. position yourself at an appropriate distance or some might consider not appropriate distance. Like right underneath the car with your three-year-old kid. <laughs> No comment. No comment. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, yeah, there's, there's definitely experienced the shenanigans at one of those locations at night. Um, yeah. Just again, have your head on a swivel, right? Yeah. There's also stuff going on from King of the hammers mm-hmm. or the event every single day for the most part. Yeah. Right. You know what? Monday night, there's the shootout mm-hmm. Tuesday. There's, there's the, a live a band qual- on Tuesday. Oh, is there a live band on Tuesday, Tuesday too? night or is it? Wednesday and then Wednesday and Friday. I forget what days. Yeah. Well, there's live music on some of the nights. Mm -hmm. There's also qualifying races on Tuesday, qualifying Mm -hmm. races on Wednesday. Thursday is a side by side race. Mm -hmm. Third Friday is the EMC day. Mm -hmm. And then Saturday is the king of the hammers race. Yep. Yeah. And they do a, um, the long jump usually at some point as well. Oh, yeah. where they, they do okay. the jump in the, the starting line area. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and see who can get the furthest. Yeah, distance. And then there's power hour Yeah, where the, you know, the Kings race. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then there's just, yeah, there's just fun stuff happening all the time. Yeah. You, you're never going to, there's never a dull moment. Yep. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a good time down there. Um, let's see what else. Is there anything else that we can, I would also say that at night, um, there's a lot of events that happen in the camping areas, mm-hmm. you know, like people there's a, like, I know that there's a, a dance party in one spot. There's the ultra three race yeah. in another spot. Supposedly we're having, I guess I need to bring a sheet because we're going to have a toga party at our location. It's going to be a very cold toga party. Yeah. Man. Right. <laughs> I'm definitely going to wear something under my toga okay. for that. Um, maybe, maybe, but yeah, there's, and there's just events happening everywhere. And like I, we kind of have said earlier that everybody's friendly. Everybody's having a good time. You can walk up to random campfire and hang out with people and they'll offer you a drink. Yeah. You know, th- and that's how we met Austin. <laughs> yeah, it from is. From four by four. He walked over <laughs> to introduce himself to us, not knowing who we were, uh-huh. you know, um, and wanted to talk about irate four by four and what he does. Oh, I and thought he was just coming up and was like, Hey you guys, I have some firewood. Do you need no? <laughs> well, not uh, later. Not he did that, no, no, okay. but um, <laughs> I think originally he came over to share his story and share what irate four by four was to do gotcha. a little promotion. Yeah. And then he didn't leave. <laughs> he just hung out with us the rest of the weekend, which that's was funny. awesome. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so that was a lot of fun, but that's the type of things that happened. You know, it, uh-huh. it's just, you can is, and I think I told this to somebody about college, you know, if you can find the fun, if you look for it, yeah, absolutely. That's a good way of putting it. 
Um, well, cool, man. I think that about does it for this episode. Uh, to kind of help wrap it up, what should you expect when leaving? Oh. <laughs> yeah, so Fucking a lot of people road. leave on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Even more people leave on Sunday morning. Yeah. And Boone Road is a cluster. Mm-hmm. From as soon as the Ultra 4 race is finished <laughs> until probably Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> expect to be on that road for an hour. Yeah. Plus to yep. get out mm-hmm. and like where we end up camping, we're like the f- almost the farthest away you could be from the exit. Yeah. You know, so we, we have a great spot, but we also have the longest drive out. Yeah. Um, so it takes us like we leave at four in the morning, uh-huh. I think to get out of there. And when we left at four in the morning, Sunday morning, 4am, it took us like 15 15, 20 minutes to get out. Mm-hmm. There was no traffic, Yeah, but nobody's else. Like everybody partied all night long and doesn't yeah. want to wake up at that hour. Uh-huh. Right. But as soon as the sun comes up, people are moving. Yeah. You know, even at four in the morning, people were moving. Yeah. And it just becomes a cluster. So, you know, you have to imagine there's 60, 60 to 70,000 yeah. people trying to go out one road. Yeah, exactly. It's, it gets crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then the roads are from there. It's like, once you hit the main road to the highway, you only have like 50% of the cars are going one way and 50% of the cars are going the other way. Yeah. You know, so it's still a traffic jam, you know, out until you get to the ba- major highways. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just be patient and realize that you're going to put yourself in this situation. Yep. Um, if you don't want to be in that situation, wake up super early in the leave, morning, leave between two and four. <laughs> yeah. And get up and leave. Yeah. So, so I would highly suggest packing everything the night before. Yeah. You know, especially if you're going to wake up at four in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> right. You just want to like, I crawled out of the tent, folded it up and pretty much jumped in the cab. You're like peace. And then started the engine for like half an hour. couldn't get out. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the less you have to do in the morning, the easier it is for you to leave. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, definitely expect that there is going to be a shit ton of traffic on your way out when you're leaving. So I like the way you put that. Realize you're you're making that decision to be there. You're putting yourself in that situation. Have patience. Don't get pissed at it. Everybody's in the same situation as you are. (laughs) Yeah. If you're like I one time I went down there um, and I just had the Tacoma and I went off of Boone road because there's trails all over the place Mm -hmm. and I was able to pass all the RVs and all the campers and everything that's being towed out Mm -hmm. because I was just in a little, little truck that could go off roading. Yeah. You know, and like if you're in a motorcycle or a little truck like that, or you just drive your rig down, you know, then yeah, you can skirt the traffic jam and drive Mm -hmm. off the side of the road, Mm -hmm. you know, and it takes you 20 minutes, half an hour to get out, you know, and you know, so you can, depending on what, how you come down, you're going to, your put yourself in that yeah, yeah. situation to get out. But yeah, well, cool, man. I think that does a good justice to first timers coming out to King of the Hammers, what to expect. What's what's kind of on the to do list out there. What should they be looking for? Um, what's kind of the lay of the land. I think there's some good tidbits in there for everybody. So um, if you guys have any other questions, um, you can mail them to us, but we're not going to be responding this week. 
because yeah. we'll be down in the middle of a lake bed where there's no cell service. So um, you can always send them in, leave us a voicemail, whatever. We'll try and get back to you guys uh, when we get back from everything. Uh, hopefully you don't have any questions about coming down there because we probably won't be able to answer them before you get down there. Just come on out, experience it. I promise you, you will not be sorry about it. Yeah. Just watching some of these ultra four rigs going up some of these canyons with a thousand horsepower. (laughs) We've got bouncing off some of the rev limiters bouncing off of rocks. Uh It's unreal. It sounds a little, just a tiny bit different than a Toyota hitting the red limiters. Just barely. Barely. Yeah. So not by much, but barely. So, uh, <laughs> cool, man. Um, let's see. I think that about does it. If people wanted to write in or have any questions, where should they be writing in and sending those questions to? Yeah, you can write us in or email us at Jimmy or Tyler at snailtrail4x4.com. You can find us on Instagram. Tyler's over at 4x4 Toyota Tyler. I'm I monitor the snail trail four by four Instagram. Uh, you can phone in at nine one six three four five four seven four four. And if you do have any additional questions, you can always go over to the Morflate booth anytime during King of the Hammers and Tyler can <laughs> answer right. those. Yep. And we also have our listener meetup. If you've made it this far through the episode, congratulations. <laughs> We're having a listener meetup from <laughs> noon to one on Friday. 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 Yep. EMC Friday. Yep. Uh, come down, say hi. We'll be down there. Um, have a good having a good time and we hope to see you guys down there having a good time as well so with that jimmy do you have any final words for everybody bonus item bring me some beer campfire styles that's how i'm staying hydrated (laughs) and with that my friends keep crawling I got one for you. <laughs> Do you? You may have heard this one. I don't know. Uh, why did the moth go to the dentist? I heard this one this morning. Dang it. <laughs> no, we can't watch good data at the same time anymore. <laughs> um, I don't because it was attracted to the light because the light was on because the light was on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't quite understand how that is, how it relates to the dentist. Though. It doesn't. That's the funny part about it. Oh, fucker <laughs> ruining my joke <laughs> yes yes i am you want to hear another joke dodges <laughs> dodge people think they have good trucks <laughs> what starts with e and ends with e and only has one letter in it e an envelope uh, okay that's more of a clever riddle a joke. Oh, okay. I'll take it though. Don't don't get me wrong. We don't need any more. No, we're done. We don't need any more. <laughs> I got one for you. Okay. Did you hear about the kidnapping at school? Was he sleeping? Yeah, How it's okay. He, he woke up. Oh, he woke up. <laughs> gotcha.